only podcast that brings a Red Raider and a fight in Texas Aggie together, spanning 438 miles away. It's another edition of the Fifth Quarter, a college sports podcast. Good morning, everybody. I'm George Koff, and I'd like to welcome in my sidekick and my co-host, Desmond McLaughlin. Good morning, Desmond. Good morning, George. So uh, we saw a lot of stuff in college football this weekend, big and small, even though some people claimed it was, quote-unquote, Cupcake Sunday. <laughs> Saturday, sorry. Cupcake Sunday, Saturday. I mean, it, I, I say Cupcake Sunday because that was what it was in the NFL, too. But, uh. I mean, sorry to, to throw, throw hands, but it just was. Um, so let's go ahead and get right into this. I think we've, we've, we might as well, and it, it, it comes with saying that A&M was playing the biggest game of the week. That is, they played the number two team in the nation in Clemson. Here, going, being here in uh, College Station, starting after we spoke on Tuesday afternoon, or Tuesday morning, rather, it just seemed like everything was hype. Everybody was enjoying themselves. They were getting ready for the game. The talk around the town was, how many points are we going to put up on Clemson? How, how are we going to contend? And you know what? I went to college game day. I had my sign. My sign was beautiful. I got on TV. <laughs> I, I had a... T- I, I told you what. Tell you what. I woke up at 5 a.m. Okay? That says something. I woke up at 5 a.m. Wow. Stood out there for about six hours. Saw Corso pick against my Ags. Mm. It was hard watching that. And then, of course, you know, we put up a hell of a fight. And I'll t- the first half was boring. Clemson really did... They, you know, I had said last week that they were going to feel the pressure in the first half. And then the second half, um, A&M was going to – the defense was going to have to play well. And everyone – yes, that happened. But first half, Clemson came out strong. They were they were booking it. They had some really big plays. I mean, up 14-3 to three at half – 14-3 to three at halftime. Check that, 14-6 to six at halftime. Um, it just comes tells you that – I mean, Clemson was the number two team. I mean, at that point, but then Kellen Mond is like, okay, mm. let me take let me mm. take some of this Michael Jordan's secret stuff, you know, from Space Jam, <laughs> and, and he throws four hundred thirty ends up with 430 yard passing, uh, three touchdowns, and only about three hundred seventy five of those were in the first half or second half rather. So Aggies keep it close. We got a missed field goal, a fumble out of the end zone for a touchback, a missed two-point conversion, uh, lots of bad calls by the refs. I don't want to throw the refs under any, you know, I don't want under the uh, bus, but bad called game there. And we almost were, you know, we were very close to the first biggest, big upset of the season. Like I said earlier, Clemson did not look like the top two, uh, number two team in the nation. No, they, they did not. I mean, I'm surprised that they're if they were not in the ACC, they would get destroyed. Their schedule is nothing remotely close to what A&M's is, what Alabama, Auburn, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Missouri, Florida, anyone in the SEC, anyone in even the Big 12 for that matter. I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there. Clemson has one of the the uh, weakest schedules out there, and people were making fun of that that college game day and just – I think they will they will get into the playoff, but only because they're playing the ACC. What's your take on that? 
I know I agree with that, George, but I also do not believe that they'll make them in the playoffs. I Ooh. think there'll be better teams that deserve a better chance to be in the playoffs than they do. I mean, no. I mean, the I, playoff is supposed to give us the top four best teams. Exactly. Okay? The top, the four best teams, not the four that are the most deserving. Mm-hmm. And I honestly. And Clemson is not one of the top four best teams. They're not. They may not be, but you. I mean, are you going to put a Pac-12 champion? In the playoff before you're going to put the ACC champion? Hmm. I mean, right now the Pac-12 champion is looking like it's either going to be Washington, UC, USC if they can come back, Colorado even. People don't count out Colorado. I tell you, I think, I think the ACC is going to get in. Clemson will get in, but only because you're looking at the, the you know, four, uh, the four power five conferences that are have the best four teams and i don't think the pac-12 has a better team than clemson um so i think this week aggies are going to get back redemption saturday they're gonna unfortunately sorry ulm fans warhawk fans out there if you if you decide to listen to our podcast you're gonna get put out of your misery 60 to 17 a&m it's done before the second quarter begins. <laughs> but I don't I don't want to say 60 points because up there in Lubbock, 77 points on Lamar. Desmond, yes, what sir. do we got? What do we got up there? Well, George, the game was hot. It was sweaty, miserable, but we got the win. You know, that's the, that's when Cliff Kingsbury needs, even if it is just against Lamar. He's on a tying table. He needs as many wins as he can get this year. You know, um the good thing is, this is the most points you've, that Texas Tech's put up since 2005. Uh, complete shutout. You know, Dang. wasn't wasn't a game. Um, back quarterback Alec Bowman threw for 285 yards. And I liked what I saw from T.J. Vasher. You know, um, defense only gave up 80 yards passing. But um, I have nothing against Alec Bowman. I just don't think that he's a very good quarterback. You know, well, why do you say that? Watching him on the field, I did not like the decision making he had. He was just th- throwing jump balls up, you know. And you can get you can get away with those balls when you're playing against like a team like Lamar, you know. But those 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 throws against a, a team like Alabama or Auburn or you know uh, even like an, an average team like Florida, those team those balls would picked off every single time. Exactly, and and that's I mean it is Lamar, but you have to say it for Texas Tech for you being a Texas Tech fan and. For any, for just Texas Tech in general, it was definitely what the doctor ordered. Yes, it definitely, exactly. It is definitely what everyone was expecting. Walking to the game, you know, I heard a bunch of guys being like, "Oh, you know, it's about to be a hundred zero. You know, so this isn't a surprise to me that we put up so many points. You know, this is what was expected. But at least, at least the expectations were met, and it wasn't right. like a forty-four to twenty. You know, yeah, again. I'm not gonna lie. In the beginning of the game, first few drives, I was like, hmm. And, you know, towards towards the end, I was like, "Yeah, this is this is what this is what yeah, I expected." I mean, I mean, didn't they put up like thirty-five points in the second quarter or something? Yeah, yeah. In the second quarter is like when I was when like it started. I was like, I was like, okay, this is this is good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the poor Lamar. I mean, you just yeah. especially if you're Texas Tech, you're coming from that loss last week in Houston. You're coming back home, first home game of the season. You just got to get back on the right note and. Like I said with ULM, they're going to feel our misery. Lamar felt y'all's misery. And, and Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury did not care. It was like, I forgot what it was. It was like 27 seconds left, fourth down, fourth and goal, and he went for it. 
and, and of course we got the touchdown but i was like whoa what's going on here buddy hey but that's what you want to see even if you're playing that type of opponent you want to see something like that where you're going for it or you're you're taking risks so that you can prepare yourself for better opponents and more um and for that Big 12 play and for even opponents that are going to be better than Lamar and going to you still want to have that same mindset. It's just like right. what Jimbo Fisher said here. He said you even like la- coming from last week to Clemson, you still have to play with that toughness, that grit. You have to play like you're playing the number 3 team, a uh, number 1 team in the nation. You're playing Alabama, well not Alabama, well it is Alabama, but I mean you, you know, you're playing with that mindset that you can be anybody with the same strategy, the same play, the same toughness, same grit, same, just same everything. And, you know, of course, we put up 52 point, or 59 points last week, and then we put up 26 this week against Clemson. I mean, that's still a lot. And in Texas Tech, you put up 40 or 26 last week, and you put up 77 this week. Good day. Um, I saw something that said that Texas Tech is still bowl. They're still projecting them to be bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. Your take on that? I think they will be. Yes. Definitely. I mean, we we were talking about this last week. How how many conference wins we thought Texas Tech was going to get? Even with the low amount that you were saying, you're still thinking bowl eligibility. I still think. I think that there might be a couple games where they actually surprise us. I don't know where that is yet, but I believe that they will be bowl eligible this year. So you, so you're 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 going with me then, because I'd said that there were going to be some surprises, and you were doubting me, and you're like, oh well, you know, we'll see what we what what happens. But well, George, after watching A and M surprise with Clemson, I think a lot of things are possible right now. I I definitely agree with that, uh, but so U of H comes into town to Lubbock mm-hmm. next week. It does. Any concern, or do you think? Well, I don't know, George. I mean. <laughs> It's it's Texas Tech, but I think I think it'll be a lot closer than we expect. You know, Houston's two and zero right now, but also they played like Rice in Arizona. But you, you can never sleep on them. You know, you you can't just like say that it's gonna be a blowout. You know, I feel like kind of average. I feel like we're somewhat in the same medium, but I feel like I think Texas Tech will get the get the win. So if U of H gets the win. Let's just say if the Cougars mm-hmm. come into Lubbock, Lubbock get the win, you see them ranked next week or no? No, I do not. So you're saying that it's kind of a not a mediocre game, but like it's not where that caliber that yes, U of H just got a win over a right. 12 team. Right. That, no. Okay. No. Uh, I'm I'm with you. I think Texas Tech might actually pull off something, mm-hmm. but I think if Ed Oliver starts to make a presence early, right? There's no stopping the. No, the Cougars. The offense can click when it needs to. I mean, look at what they did to Kevin Sumlin's defense last week. They just destroyed, or this week, this past week, they destroyed Arizona. They destroyed the, the you know, they just destroyed the run, the rush defense and the pass defense for that matter. Too. I think it was like 45 to 17 was the mm, final. Yeah. I mean, I think... Uh, people in the American might need to watch out for U of H, but I, I'm with you. I think Texas Tech might pull off something this week. So, speaking of top 25, mm. um, lately we've seen some interesting ups and downs, but I think A&M should be ranked. I'd, I, I'd like to start the, the the argument here. That's that's argument number one and case number one is Texas A&M, despite losing by two, 
to Clemson to the number two team in the nation uh, should be ranked at least number 25. Uh, or Clemson should have gone down. One yes. of the two. Clemson, um, Clemson definitely should have gone down. I do not believe that they should be ranked number two. I believe it's all hype. I, I just think that Kelly Bryant is okay. He can play when he needs to play good. But you have to look at I, – I think my, my opinion is that if Anum really dominates this week, the, tw- the top 25 will have no – there will be no reasons against them for not ranking Anum. Because they'll be 2-1 and one going to Alabama the following week. And there will be, you know, that's still good enough to be in the top 25 er, this early on in the season. Their loss is the two points to number two team in the nation, or is what number two, what they think. And I, I just don't see why they're not, they're not ranked over, like, Michigan State, who lost. Okay, mind you, they lost on a last-second field goal to Arizona State. Mm-hmm. And yes. they barely got a win over Utah State in the first week of the season. They had to almost come back in overtime. No, I think they did go to overtime. I mean, they're 25. They're number 25 currently. And you're telling me that A&M is, is worse than that? And I, I do, honestly, in my opinion, I do not see why Clemson is ranked number two. Their schedule is not hard at all. I mean, they play Georgia Southern next week. And then they play Georgia Tech. And then Syracuse. And then Florida State, who's looking like a... Little, I I I don't know. They, what look, the right they look lost. They look I, lost. I don't know what the right word is. Lost might be good, but I really <laughs> like. I don't seeing them against Virginia Tech. I thought, oh, maybe they'll do something in Willie Taggart's debut. Like, okay, and then they lose twenty four to three. Like, okay, well, that's Virginia Tech might actually be better than we expect. Right. And then they play Samford, not Stanford, Samford out of Georgia. So I think I think a small school in Georgia, literally. And they have to come back in the fourth quarter. Excuse me for that voice crack, but in the fourth quarter, they have to come back against an FCS foe. <laughs> uh, yeah, Florida State. Florida State's another story, but that. George, let me tell you one team I'm starting to fall in love with: Oklahoma University. I know, I know, opponent in the Big Twelve, but I love. I I don't know because you know it's Daniel like Lamb, Richmond, Texas, Falsa High School, but. Man, that bad Mary Murray. Hey, like we'd say it ain't bad man. Aggies don't boo, they hiss. I don't know. Pissed off, and you know what? Three hundred six yards passing, three touchdowns. George sixteen yard yards rushing with two touchdowns. That's five touchdowns in total, George. uh, Rodney Anderson's probably gonna be out for the year, and Kyler Murray is bad man. I don't think he's the runner, the the front runner for the Heisman. I think I Will Greer is still George. there. That, he's looking nice. I just want to say that SEC is looking strong in the top twenty-five. Okay, poor, SEC SEC always looks strong. And poor uh, Big Twelve has let's see Oklahoma, mm-hmm. TCU, mm-hmm. West Virginia, mm-hmm. and that's it. And Oklahoma State. I'm sorry, Oklahoma State. All I'm saying, George, is I'm keeping a watch on this man. I'm keeping a watch on this team. I think they're a sleeper. I can see them being in the top four at the end of the year, George. I'm calling it right now. So you're saying playoff for Oklahoma? I am. And you're saying they're going to win the Big 12? Yes, I definitely who, think that the Big so who they So who do they play in the Big 12? Oof, that is a tough one, George. Like who would they play in the championship game that you're going to say, oh, they just dominate? I think maybe West Virginia. 
Definitely. I could see, I could see that. I could see West yes. Virginia or TCU. Because I, I definitely will Greer. Is he like top five, top five in passing yards right now in the league? I believe but he's it's, fifth. It's week two. I'm just saying, George, he's off to a good start. It's week two. George, George, Give, it's, it's a good start, George. Give people a break, and it leads to my next point. Okay, P, okay, AP voters, it's week two. Let's get this bottom of the rankings, top the last ten, let's get them right. Let's stop ranking the top 15 and be like, oh, okay, we're just going to slot these people in there, yada, yada, yada. But, like, no, let's do this the proper way. Let's rank the top 25, the, the best top 25 teams in college football currently. And whether it's a win or a loss, because at this point in the top 25, we've seen that if you lose by two points, you can still be in the top 25. So whether it be a win or a loss, it's rank the top 25 teams that currently are the best in college football. Move forward and stop trying to give me a bunch of this BS that's like, oh, USC is the best. They're still as good. And they're number 22 after putting up. A field goal against Stanford, which isn't even, in my opinion, isn't even a top 10 team. I don't know why they're in the top 10, but that's just my opinion. I don't like the Pac-12 because I find that besides Colorado, who might be my sleeper pick for a possible big big bowl game, the Pac-12 is weak. And we, we always see upsets that people are like, oh, they're huge upsets. But you know what? They're just upsets. They're just like all the other ones. You know, game. I'm looking forward to a game, George. If I want to see this game this year, George, Georgia, Alabama. I think Georgia could give. No, they don't play in this in the season. But I would love to see that game. I think Georgia could give Alabama a run for its money. Like in the SEC championship. Is that yes, what you're saying? I do. Yeah, I, I do. I, Georgia is looking nice. I I think the thing about Georgia is they are good and. They're they're still kind of coming off of that national championship hangover. How they had that chance, they had a chance to just close it out, finish it off, defeat Alabama, win the national championship, be this big story, and then it kind of just crumbled. And so they're having to come back from that crumb that crumbling and come back up. And I just think that because of of what that is going on. I, I'm with you. I think it would be interesting to see Georgia-Alabama. But don't be surprised if Georgia throws throws something out there that puts them ahead of Alabama in, in the playoff. Mm. So, uh, and speaking of big games, that you know that one won't be happening this week, possibly the last week of the season. Um, let's talk about a few. I've got uh, five that I think are going to be influential to the college football race and to just this week. BYU at Wisconsin. Uh, BYU, they're un- they're independent, so they get to play whoever they want. Um, whoever's scheduling the, putting together the BYU schedule, kudos to them because they put uh, Arizona, Wisconsin, and I think they get um, they get some other big school this this year um, on the schedule. So kudos to them for at least giving them something where we're not just saying oh they're beating like Utah State and whatever. Right. Um, I think people are underestimating what the Cougars can do. I know I have a lot of friends that are at BYU, and they're like, "Come on, we're we're BYU. We can we can at least like we can compete, and we can compete 
we're not going to be the best team in the nation every year, and we're not going to be close to that. But we can do better than just like six and six or seven and five. You know, we can go eight and four, nine and three. Like, why not? Um, so Wisconsin, they've they just the last few years when they play these games, these early season games before the Big Ten, just like they they like to only win like twenty one to fourteen or twenty eight to twenty one or like you know they're only they only win by a touchdown or two. Watch out, Wisconsin. BYU might come into Camp Randall and make you jump around for uh, for something different. Because, yeah. So for me, upset watch. Wisconsin, you got put on upset watch. And last week, when I put... Um, who did I put on upset watch for this week? I can't remember. Um, I think I put Clemson on upset watch. You know, they, mm-hmm. almost, they almost came back to win. So You were close, George. You were close. They the A&M always came back to win. So, Wisconsin, you're on upset watch. I'm Be putting careful. I'm putting Ohio State on my upset watch. Ooh. I'm like TCU's looking strong this year. They don't have Urban Meyer, but I know Ohio State's still fourth. But is that all hype, George? Oh, we don't know. I definitely be watching this game. Game day is gonna be there. Urban Meyer still isn't back. Isn't it? I, it's at Jerry's World. It's at Jerry World. Yes. At Jerry World, baby. But game day is going to be on TCU's campus. So um, I think we'll see what TCU can do. Uh, this will be a big, big um, chance for them to show the country what they can do. We've seen them destroy Southern the first week, and then they played – I don't even know who they played last week. And if if, if TCU beats Ohio State, then we, we might as well like throw them in the Big 12 championship. You know, just throw them oh, in there. Oh, I mean, I already have them in the, I, right now. So – that first week that college game day did all the different season picks and stuff, predictions, I have TCU winning the Big 12. I'm sorry, but, you know, I think I think TCU, if they can win this game, they're on the road to the Big 12 championship into the playoff. They got yeah. robbed that first year of the playoff by Ohio State making it in there because the Big 12 didn't have a conference championship game. So I think they show Ohio State that for all these years we've been waiting to destroy you and – get back on that revenge that you just you know won the national championship and we had a chance that we could have won the national championship that year um moving ahead vanderbilt and notre dame uh people this could be a good game um but don't expect notre dame to keep it close vanderbilt is kind of the the uh the welcome mat of the sec they get trampled on they get put at the bottom of the sec east Mm -hmm. for a reason Mm -hmm. Notre Dame wins by 30. They're going to show that they stay in the top 10 because they're Notre Dame. Right. Michigan, that win over Michigan, Michigan shouldn't be that high ranked, but Mm-mm. they're still good. Michigan is still a good team. So, um, the first SEC game of the season, LSU and Auburn. Mm, um, that would be a good game to watch. Good game. It will, I think, will finally show us who LSU really is. Exactly. Miami seemed like they were a fluke. Uh, LSU beat Southeastern Louisiana 31 yeah. to nothing, but they didn't look confident in the first two quarters. So I think it will finally show us, is Auburn here to play, or is LSU out here saying, watch out, don't forget about us in the SEC West. We're, we're, we can compete too. Right. Any thoughts on that? I definitely agree with you. It would, de- it would definitely tell us if the hype over the win at Miami is real and if they are real contenders, and if they like, they pose a threat to the SEC, this will definitely be a good game to watch, I think. Especially you as an Aggie, 
being from the SEC, you should definitely yeah. watch it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be watching this one. Uh, our our A&M game is at 6.30 at night, East I, I think Central, the, so the Auburn game is at – the LSU-Auburn game is at 2.30. Mm. So I'm I'm going to probably try to pick up a, a little bit of it just to see what LSU is doing in the first half and see what room is there for concern for us as Aggies towards the end of the season as we play both teams. I think the an even better game you should watch is the Alabama Ole Miss game. Ah, uh, I mean, last year and the years before, I mean, those two years when Al- Ole Miss was able to get a win over Alabama, like, okay, maybe it was <laughs> that was with Chad Kelly and like, you know, they were outsmarted, Chad outsmarted, Kelly. outsmarted, <laughs> outsmarted Alabama. But honestly, it could be a trap game for Alabama early in the season. I'll probably watch part of it because I want to see Alabama and what they're going to bring to the table for next week's game. My man, Tua. Against against Texas A&M, and that is the SEC game of the week next week. Not this week, but the following, uh, which will be really exciting because, I mean, every Aggie loves to watch a game on national television. You know, no doubt about that. But I think I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Tua is good. Jalen Hurts might play in the fourth quarter of this one mm-hmm. because I'm guessing 45 to seven. Big, I'm telling you, man. Big. Through four touchdowns last week, 228 yards. I'm t- Tua has he he's he has a starting job. He's not losing it unless something oh, of course major. Of unless course he pulls a Jalen Hurts in the national championship game like last year, he's not losing a starting job. Oh, and I think if I'm Jalen Hurts. I tell Saban, redshirt me. Give me two more games to play in and redshirt me. Because you know this whole four games with the redshirt rule, that new rule. I, You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. Uh, no? You don't? Yeah? So so with the fourth, the four, the, you get this year, you get four games before you redshirt and lose your redshirt. So um, I think they'll give them three more games before they, maybe they get, he's already played in two, so they'll give him up to that four, and then Jalen Hurts will have to decide whether or not he's going to transfer, whether he's going to leave, whether or not he can compete he would, next year. Who would transfer? I, I think so. I just don't see why. And it's the same deal here with, at A&M. Nick Starkle is kind of being thrown into the the background with um, as Kellen Mond is just really – I don't think – okay, I don't think Mond's going to win the Heisman. Of course not. People no. are like, oh, yes, he's going to win the Heisman. Well, no. well easy there. No, no I, I, I'm not jumping on that train. I'm sorry. That I, I might be an Aggie fan, but I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm not even. I'm sold on Mon being our starting QB, but I'm not sold on Mon being the best quarterback in the in college football at this point. Mm. Tua or Will Greer or even Kyler Murray are obviously. Yes, yes, better. definitely those top three. Those are definitely. But, but I do, I do think that Kellen Mond is an elite quarterback mm. that can. Okay, elite. Okay, there's a difference between elite and top five. Okay, it's, okay, he is a good enough quarterback to get AM the wins that they need, the wins that they're going to provide, that he's going to provide for them, the wins that will probably get AM a seven and five, eight and four, maybe even nine and three if we're lucky record. But Starkle, he's got to be, he's got to make a decision. Is he going to go? Is he going to stay and hope that he can compete next year? Is Jimbo going to say, "Well, maybe you can play. You can. I'm going to put you in there the second half of a blowout." I mean, if you're a quarterback and you're only getting put playing when the score 
when when the game doesn't really isn't on the line or doesn't matter, you got to start looking at other options. And I think that's what's happening at Alabama, at A and M, and possibly other places that we don't know. That like even at Texas with Ellinger and um, um, Shane Bouchelle. Bouchelle, I haven't even heard that he's gotten a snap. Maybe he has. I mean, the two games that Texas have played have been actually fairly close, but. I, I, we totally forgot about him. And instead, Sam Ellinger is like, I'm going to take the starting job. You can move and you can go somewhere else because, you know, you always want to have a good backup just in case of an injury. But backups, I think, in college football tend to get overlooked than they do in the NFL. Because in the NFL, you almost need to have a backup because, like, in this past week, a few quarterbacks went down for a few plays and you had to have somebody there to guide the offense for maybe a series or two and that yeah so what's your take on those on backups in the in college i definitely think like obviously right now is working for alabama you know they don't want to if they don't want to have two injured but if they do jalen hurts steps right in you know they, they they know for sure that they have another quarterback who's had had experience you know the national championships and big games and they're they'll be very confident you know and uh, then Ohio State had that kind of situation a couple of years ago. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, JT Barrett and uh, uh, what was his name? Cardell Jones. And, and there's um, one more. Uh, Braxton Miller. Braxton That's Miller. And he was switched to receiver. He was now on the Texans, baby. Um, yeah. Go Texans. You know, it's just it is, it is good to have a good, great backup quarterback. But this is also college football. Everyone wants to shine. Everyone wants to have their, like, the chances. Everyone's trying to get into the kids. NFL. Yes, they so they don't want to be backup, and so they end up transferring. You know, like a didn't that happen to A and M a couple years ago? You know, remember when they had all these the really good quarterbacks? Like yeah, when we had um, Allen. Kyle Allen and yeah. Kyler Murray and yeah. and Kenny Hill even and that before he transferred, and they all ended up transferring. They all and transferred. All of a sudden, you get stuck with no quarterback. Right. You don't want to be in that you, position. Exactly, and that's what I think is is the problem with the backups is. You want to have a backup, but you forget that the backup is probably rarely going to play in college football versus exactly. in NFL. Unless that backup is like a freshman or a sophomore and the starting quarterback is a senior where they will get their time to shine eventually. But if you have the two quarterbacks who are the same age, the same grade, what are you doing? You choose one, the other one's just going to be sitting there, right. sitting there like, whatever, what, I'll go in when you need me, but... Um, yeah. So, any any more thoughts on that before we move on? Nah, I agree. I agree with you, George. Yeah. It is good to have a back quarterback. It's also very hard to keep him, though. Agreed. Agreed. And um, speaking of of keeping on track and staying on track, Washington better watch out. I I don't usually do this, but I'm putting two teams on upset watch, and that's Wisconsin and Washington. Utah will give Washington a run for their money. I'm not feeling this Husky hype, and they will watch their college football hopes fall and go down the drain quicker than they can say Washington. Okay, quicker than they can say Washington themselves. They <laughs> will go. Their hopes will go down the drain. I'm and still, Utah I'm will still win keeping. By uh, I'm still keeping Ohio State on a upset watch. I'm still keeping an eye on them. Now, if they lose this game, if Ohio State loses the game. Do their hopes are they done, or do they still get a chance in the yes, Big Ten? Yes, they're done. 
So you're saying it's win or go home? Yes. If For they lose teams, this game, they will not make the college football playoff. For both teams? For, For TCU as well? Well, oh, uh, yes, I do. So for, I, I so do not. I don't see TCU beating Oklahoma. Mm, so you're saying if TCU even wins, if, even if they beat Ohio State, I do not see them beating Oklahoma. I'm telling you, George, at, I, I, I am liking this Oklahoma team this year. At least at this point in the season. Yes, at this point okay. in the season, I'm liking them. And uh, okay, well, we know that you're a homer for Oklahoma now, but do you have a homer for any of the small schools out there? You know, you know me with my North Texas hype. Think something you about them. it earlier about Michigan State losing. Arizona State, man, two and zero. Herm Edwards, you I, like this guy? George, George, Arizona State's looking nice, George. Looking oh nice. Oh my. <laughs> oh my. Okay. Well, I mean, I can see your point with that. They're what two and zero, right? They beat they UTSA are. and Michigan State. I mean. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess, uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to argue. I'm just gonna agree with that. I mean, <laughs> I, I, but I'm still liking North North Texas and the Mean, mean Green. They something about them, you know, the two and zero for the first time in, since 1994. They play Arkansas this week. I don't think they're gonna beat Arkansas. But listeners, listen to this: if Arkansas loses to North Texas. So that means that North Texas would be 3 and 0 for like the first time I think since the 80s is what they were what I was reading online. I will go and buy a North Texas t-shirt, jersey, sweatshirt, whatever I can find, and I will personally take a picture of it and make that the the uh, video background on YouTube for next week's broadcast. Okay? <laughs> I, I will do that because that's how confident I am that North Texas is going to be in this Conference USA Championship. I Like I said last week, I said I don't know if they're going to win. I'm forgetting that. They will win the Conference USA. I hope that UCF and Boise State lose somewhere down the road because if, if North Texas wins the Conference USA, they will be the group of five um, representative for the, uh, the New, York's, New Year's Six Bulls. Okay. It, you heard it here first. They've had 250 yards rushing, rushing over the last two games, like in each game. Arkansas lost to Colorado State. Mic drop. Okay, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, um, go go Mean Green, Giga Maggies, guns up for Red Raiders and uh, Tech, Lubbock. Baby. Tech, baby. Um, I think that's all the time we've got for the fifth quarter this time. We'll see you next week. And uh, as always, don't forget we're on we're on social media. Um, that's coming shortly, as long as well as on our SoundCloud where you could hear our first podcast on YouTube. And if you want to hear something on the show, get a shout out or something, just email us. We'd love to hear from you at the Q5 Podcast at gmail.com. That's the Q5 podcast at gmail.com. So from Lubbock and from College Station, thank you, Desmond, for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you, George. And I'm George Koff signing off for the fifth quarter. Giga Maggies. Adios.